A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, hosted by our new sponsor, Brett Oaten Solicitors. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Uh, we're in for an absolute treat tonight. We've got a hell of a show. The band is back together. Uh, at the top of the list, joining us for the first time in what feels like all season. It's been a, a lot of rounds since he's been on. Uh, but we do have Walson Carlos, the return of the King, back on the show. Much like the Dragons 12, he's decided to discover life like outside that NRL bubble uh, and go 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 and enjoy life outside of NRL Supercoach. I couldn't tell you what that's like, but we do have him back. Walsh, how are you, mate? I'm good, boys. Good to be back. It's been a long time, so... Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to be back on the show and talk a bit of Supercoach. Life's sort of got in the way for me a bit, but um, there's certainly been plenty happening since I've been on the show, so keen to have a chat about it. That's it, mate. And I know the side isn't going terrific this year as you've uh, ventured outside of the Supercoach bubble a little bit, but, uh, mate, mate, we're talking a little bit out off air, and I can get into it straight away before I introduce the other boys. Um, your thoughts on why it's probably been a little bit harder of a season to navigate uh, this year more than any other? Yeah, I think it has for me, definitely. Um, I was just saying to you and Desi uh, off air before we started the the, the potty and that was um, I've really struggled. Uh, yeah, I've really struggled with um, transitioning from some of the rules that I had set for years, like things like, um, you know, pouncing on someone like a Talakai who's a uh, centre wing, second row forward, dual, um, which used to be gold really, Um you know, when Isaiah Yo and the like were in there. But now um, the way the game's gone with the rule changes and the blowouts, it, it really, uh, you know, the, the players that um, you wouldn't jump into because they were fairly spasmodic, spasmodic with their scores, you know, one week they were up, one week they were down, like Garrick's and Alex Johnson's, they've become more consistent. And um, if you haven't jumped on them and, you know, in some ways followed last week's points, which was a sin, um, back in the old super coach, then you've really struggled. Like teams have really struggled to get them in. So um, I think that's the biggest change I've noticed. I, I, I really don't mind the rule changes, like just on a pure NRL level. I think um, there's a transition period and it's going to take a bit of time and there'll be a, um, a, bit, a bit like there was with the high tackles. Like there's there's an evening out period um, where they go a bit hard to start with and then they make a few tweaks. So I think next year there'll be some great footy, though. There's some great attacking footy going on. Mm, it's exciting, mate. Um, we've really missed you. You're bringing words like spasmodic to the show. So I'm glad to have you back just for that, if anything else, just the terminology and the lingo. And you're right. It's You know, you mentioned guys like Ruben Garrick, like Alex Johnson's where in the past you bring them, uh, you know, you might miss out on them one week and, as you said, you'd never chase last week's points. But nowadays, you know, they're backing up tons with even bigger tons than even bigger tons. Before you know it, they're 800K and you can't get them in and you're left behind. So uh, the game's changed. Uh, moving on to a guy who we're not sure yet if he's adapted to the new game, Supercoach-wise. If you're basing on the last fortnight, he's looking bloody good. Desi Creek, you are on fire, mate. Yeah, cheers, Timmy. Uh, welcome back, Walsh. Uh, yeah, I've had... Two pretty big rounds. Um, I think I've gone up 5,000 ranks in two weeks. So back up to the top 2,000 overall. Um, I brought in Joey Manu and Jason Tamalolo, who 
both scored pretty well in a what you'd say was a lackluster round. So I was pretty stoked with that. But yeah, it's it shows that it is that you can sort of claw back 500 points over two rounds if you prepare well enough. Um, but yeah, now I've got a lack of trades for the for the uh, end of the season, so I might be in a bit of strife. Yeah, mate, you'll uh, you'll be praying there's not too many HOA suspensions, restings, all these things in the back end of the comp. But as you said, you're back in, maybe not in the hunt for overall, but certainly for a top-notch finish, you're back into a good ranking spot there. Uh, the last person to introduce on the show is none other than the Supergoat Spy, who we've we've had to have a close eye on uh, over, the la- over the weekend in general because he's a Supercoach diehard, possibly the biggest diehard that I know. Uh, the Spy with an absolute rookie error going into last weekend's games. No one fielded a full 17, so we all had two cracks at the captaincy. The Spy left the captaincy on Tommy Turbo in the first game of the round, had his VC on Ruben Garrick, um, spy, how are you, mate? Boys, thanks for that uh, that recap, that memory, <laughs> which I thought I'd shut away. Um, honestly, when the game started in our little group chat, Desi wrote, a spy gone hard straight on Garrick. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I was a bit confused, so I just jumped in and realised, to my horror, that I'd reverse traded during the day while I was getting my side right. Had a big big focus on the forward pack uh, throughout the weekend, and I didn't realise it had flipped it back to Tommy Turbo from the previous week, which makes sense. Uh, and I ended up getting Garrick. When I found this out, Garrick was on about 23 after six minutes or 10 minutes. He busted four tackles. I'm like, ah, actually, right, it doesn't matter. He'll get a ton anyway. Uh, he scored about 20 in the next 60, and... I can tell you what, boys, all I wanted to do Friday night, stuck in lockdown, was have a beer and just enjoy Cody Walker and Alex Johnson doing their business, but I've never enjoyed a game of footy less just watching Cody Walker, my would-be captain, tear them to absolute shreds. It was terrible. Jeez, I was cranky. Uh, Obviously, my own fault. I was sort of talking to you, boys, if you make a decision on something and you get it wrong, you can deal with it because it's the way you want it to go. But when you do something accidental like that and make a rookie mistake, it just hurts. So what I've done since, as part of my mental uh, rehab, if you will, is basically just gone in a different direction. So what I'm going to try and do over the next month or the end of the season is try and claw back back those points by uh, doing something I wouldn't have otherwise done. So I ended up bringing Dan Tupo in instead of Aiden Fenua-Blake. Uh, and I actually like my side more, to be honest, moving forward with Tupo in rather than Blake. It's probably a, a trade I may have saved because I probably didn't have to use it. So I ended up losing 90 points, but I may well get him back, which would make me feel very, very good. And I'm going to keep a close tally on if I do end up clawing them back for my own mental well-being. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, it's all good. It's been a bit of a flat few weeks. I really wanted to charge up into the top one or 200, but... I've dropped back to 550. Uh, it cost me 180 spots that era, but as I said, I'll try to claw it back and see if we can get into the top run, top 100 for maybe the last month and charge home. Um, and we'll go from there, boys. But yeah, certainly a tough weekend, but uh, on to round 18, hey? Yeah, nice, mate. And a lesson to any super coaches out there who are a little bit worried or you know might make a mistake in the future. Uh, a bit of reassurance more than anything that even the best of us make mistakes in Supercoach and rookie errors. Uh, the Spy being the prime example of that, I can say with absolute certainty that he will not be making a mistake like that in the rest of his Supercoach days, which will be a long time into the future. Uh, the Mighty Kuma Stallions on the charge, 788 points last week, into 904th overall. So looking not too bad, set up pretty well for the run home. So quietly confident of, of a bit of a charge towards the pointy end of the table, uh, although maybe a little bit too much work to do to get into the real pointy end of it. But looking okay. Uh, fellas, let's get stuck into the key Supercoach team news of the weekend. And I'll throw straight to Walsh and Carlos because uh, massive news out of the Warriors. Again, a bit of a luck thing more than anything. But Torhu Harris, named on the extended bench, was sold by the masses last week after being ruled out for what we sort of thought was going to be a minimum three to four weeks. Uh, could play as soon as this week. But basically, anyone who was lucky enough to hold, I know I did because I was looking at going Torhu to Fafita this week was the plan. Uh, it's a massive win. Save the trade, save the gun. Uh, whilst big news on Torhu. Yeah, well, I mean, for for them to name him, I, I imagine he's probably a chance of getting up. But I, I did notice they also named Chad Townsend, and I thought he was out for a good four to six weeks. So, 
yeah, I'm not really sure what to read into it at the moment. They're getting pretty desperate, the Warriors. They've um, really blown a few games there and they played really poor last week. So, um, yeah, they, they missed Tahu badly and hopefully he's back in the side. I've got him in my in my um, squad and I've also got Josh Curran. So I wouldn't mind seeing both of them come back into the side. That is a massive booster for anyone who still has Tahu. So anyone who was thinking about trading him, obviously don't. Uh, just the luck of the drawing Supergate sometimes. Desi. Over at the Storm, still no Ryan Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen. Uh, still no Ryan Pappenhausen or Harry Grant. Both due back any week now, likely probably next week by the sounds of it, but who knows. Uh, great news for Nico Hines' owners. I know the spy went a little bit early on him. Uh, Desi, this is it's, it's pretty relevant super coach, isn't it? Or very. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people will be wanting to get Pups in uh, as soon as possible. Probably a lot of people with Goth, uh, Gotho waiting to sell him. But, yeah, I think Kynes, whether he sort of uh, keeps the goal kicking if Pups is back, I have a suspicion he might. They might move him to centre. Um, mm. And in that case, he could be a keeper at the centre wing if he keeps that goal kicking over Pups. And it definitely makes it harder to trade Pups in. Yeah, look, I just wonder, I'm thinking out loud here, it just sort of come to mind that I saw the talk of him moving to centre as well, and I don't buy into it a lot, Nico Hines at centre, but, you know, I mean, having seen what Tommy Chaboyevs has done in Origin, and, and I've spoken about it a few other times, probably not on our podcast, but how I think Tommy Chaboyevs has redefined uh, the role of the centre in a team, uh, just with this roaming centre, which just adds so much impact and so much more threat around the park. Um you know, can they turn Nico Hines for the rest of the season into that centre role where he roams and plays that Tommy Turbo type role? Not that you're going to play it to the same effect as him, uh, but it is an interesting one. So, again, if he does, it now means with that, the rumours of him maybe moving to centre, you certainly don't want to be trading him uh, prematurely like the Spies to Hunt Spy. Yeah, you certainly don't. That's a little one that backfired on me for sure. So we're a bit nervous this weekend and hopefully Gutho can go well. But I just wanted to mention Pappenhausen did kick at 83% to start the year. I think I just had a look. He was 22 from 29. Um, but Nico has been hitting them well. But just based on that, I think Pappenhausen returns to the kicking duties. But it makes sense just to hold him and just see what happens. Um, certainly if he was named in the centres or something, you certainly give him a week there if he was to see what happens. If, if Nico Hines is named to start in that team anywhere, uh, I won't be selling him. It's as simple as that. Uh, Spy, all the Origin players, unsurprisingly, have been named to back up. Probably the, the two of the bigger ones for Super Coaches are obviously Tommy Turbo, who made it, he's got to be next to no chance in my eyes. A two-day backup from Origin. He goes down injured after that. That's mainly season over and done with. We saw what they dished up against the Raiders without him in DCE. Uh, and then obviously Jade Tedesco is the other one on the three-day turnaround who... Normally, he'd be a prime rest candidate, but the Roosters are sitting, you know, fifth or sixth there. Uh, they need to make the top four if they want to be a decent crack at um, going deep into this competition. So maybe Teddy does back up. What are your thoughts on them too? Yeah, Teddy definitely more likely based on exactly what you said there. Roosters need some momentum. They desperately need some momentum, in fact. So blokes like Teddy and Crichton have to be every chance, depending how they pull up. For me, yeah, Tommy's got to be a huge chance of being rested. The only thing is he doesn't have to travel home this time. So if he gets through Origin without going too crazy, he's obviously playing in the centre. So maybe he's a chance to play 50 minutes on Friday for Manly. Uh, Just keep an eye out there. The one I just want to note, for anyone that bought Gagai like I did a few weeks ago, he plays the last game of the round, which is extremely tricky. So you might be forced into an an auto-emergency if he doesn't play, but then it's very hard to sit him against the Bulldogs because he could score 150, so a little bit nervy there. Yeah, surely on the... He had to have the luxury of that five-day turnaround that he backs up, provided he goes, gets through unscathed. As you said, Spy, the fact that they'll be in Queensland anyway, they don't have that travel factor. They go straight back into camp with the boys. Five-day turnaround's a decently pretty long time. That's a go gets through unscathed. Surely uh, he plays, but that's just me as known, probably being optimistic. Uh, Josh Schuster also returns for Manly a week late for any of us super coaches. If I did still own him, I would avoid playing him this week. He's been named to start, but you think they'd probably ease him in minutes-wise this week. He's been out for, for over a month, uh, quite a while now. So with Carl Lawton playing pretty good as well in recent weeks in his absence, uh, I probably wouldn't be starting Schuster in my 17 if possible this week. Whilst Reed Marnie, a guy who you were keen on earlier in the season for obvious reasons, named return this week as well. 
can read Marty figure in the hooking scenario or hooking rotation again this season now that he's back. Yeah, maybe you can. I mean, there's just a real dearth at the moment of, of hookers. I, I actually brought in Brandon Smith, and I'm really happy with that at the moment. I don't think that many people have him, and um, I think he's a real sort of point of difference player. Um, I know that he's like a dual position for um, hooker in second row, but I think a lot of people have been stuck with Watson and Braley, so, and it's definitely a head-scratcher for all the super coach players out there is what you're going to do in the hooker position at the moment. I'm just sticking with Brandon Smith and um, yeah, I'm just going to probably ride him through if I can. Yeah. Desi Tyson Frizzell returns from a pretty lengthy injury layoff as well at the night starting in the back row, huge super coach ramifications because Mitch Barnett, who's played 80 minutes the last two weeks for pretty solid scores with massive work rate. uh, He moves to lock. Connor Watson remains on the bench. He's already on the bench, but Watson only played 47 minutes the last two weeks anyway. Mate, I see Barnett regressing to probably that 50 to 55 minutes we saw earlier in the season uh, when they when Frizzell was in the back row. And Connor Watson, I can't see him playing many more than that 50 minutes. Uh, what's your take on them two now? Uh, yeah, I can see the, what you're saying with Barnett. I, I probably expect him to go back to 50 to 55 minutes as well. Um which in that case would mean he's probably a sell. Um, there's a few decent sort of mid-range guys that you could bring in for him, uh, like Tumbalolo, I would recommend. Mm. Um, but yeah, as for Watson, he he's probably going to still stay on that sort of 45 to 50 minutes. But I think he only sort of needs 50 minutes to get 70-odd points. Um, <laughs> I sat him the other week, um, and he finally scored 100 the first time I've sat him all season, which was a bit disappointing. But, yeah, I think I'm going to hold on to Watson and Smith as my hookers and keep them all the way through. Yeah, fair play to you, mate. Been a tough one, Connor Watson. And I know you weren't alone in sitting in for that ton. A lot of people sat in for the first time last uh, this season, last game. Um, lastly on the list, Spy, Adam Dewey, a bloke you were keen, you and I early on the, earlier in the season, uh, shift back to 5-8 for the Tigers, who come into just a dream run of games to finish the season. Uh, I think either this week or next week, you're going to do a stack of analysis on the who has the best run homes and the players to target. So we'll have that to people soon. Uh, but, mate, Dewey, he's on your radar, isn't he? He's more than on my radar. He's already back in my side, the big the big dog. Uh, straight back in at 5-8, great run home. Uh, I'm hoping just to pick up where he left off in the in the number six jersey there. So I'll be selling Connor Watson for him this weekend as a bit of a pod play to try and reel back a few points. Like it, mate. Boys, that's hooking to our topic of the week, and it is fullbacks. There's been stacks of questions coming in across social media, basically asking the question, who is the number two fullback? It's Tom Trebojevic for the run home in Supercoach. Uh, I threw the tweet out in the Facebook post, whatever, today about who people are looking at partnering Tommy Turbo with. There was a very big mix of people saying, you James Tedesco's, uh, you Ryan Pappenhausen when he returns from injury, Latrell Mitchell, there are a few Gutho lovers out there. There's a few Reese Walsh lovers out there. Desi, I'll start with you, mate. It's a pretty open field because Pappy looks the obvious one with an average of well over 100, take out his injury-affected game. But obviously there's the concussion risk with him. Even when he does get back, does he miss more games? We don't have many trades left. Um, you know, how do the Roosters go on the run home? Luttrell's got a dream run with the Bunnies. King Gutho keeps getting it done. Reese Walsh is the is the X factor with no ownership. Which way are you leaning towards, Desi? Uh, well, I have to roll with Tedesco due to my lack of trades. So I've, I've got Teddy and Turbo sitting there currently, and they're probably the two I'll end with. Um, but yeah, I think you could you could be equally fine with any of Teddy Pappenhausen or Ponga. I probably would leave Latrell and uh, Walsh out of that. But mm. yeah, I think um, Teddy's had a quiet season by his standards, and I don't know how mu- how much longer it's going to last. Honestly, I think the floodgates could open at any time for the Roosters. Um, they like to bring momentum into the back end of seasons. Um, but yeah, obviously Pappenhausen would be. The top option, he's a serious temptation, but yeah, you have to come back and see him play 80 minutes of fullback first um, and see whether he gets the kicking. He's definitely worth waiting on, I think. Um, but yeah, 
a lot of people will want to sell Gutho to him, I suggest. Um, and Ponga is, is the last one I'd have. But yeah, I'd probably have him just be- uh, behind the first two guys there. Yeah. Because without the goal kicking, Ponga's floor is just a lot lower. Um, and it can lead to some very atrocious super coach scores if the Knights don't turn up. So he's he's much less safe. But with only sort of eight weeks left, you may as well throw the dice on him if uh, if you're so inclined. Yeah, there's some awesome, awesome pot options among this group. Uh, I'm with you, mate, on Teddy. I, I currently have Teddy partnering Tommy Turbo. And I feel like it'll be going sideways or down to trade him to anyone else outside of Pappenhausen, who, if he comes back, looks the goods, which I'm sure he will. Uh, I'll definitely consider the trade then. But for now, I'm more than happy to save the trade. I think Teddy finishes with a bang. Whilst, what's your take on it, mate? Who do you like alongside Tommy Turbo? Yeah, Timmy, oh, if, I, if I was in your position um, and Dez's, I'd be pretty happy with where you sit. I don't think you're gonna. there's going to be too much better than that. I think Pappenhausen, I don't know, just everything I read on him is he's, he's yeah, he's really not in a good spot at the moment. Like, it's taken him a long time to get back from it. Like, at the start, I thought, oh, they're just being conservative. But um, that, that hit that they put on him really, really rocked him and um, he's had some after effects. It's, it's a bit concerning, to be honest, for a young player like him. So um, I, I probably would be steering clear of him for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, like um, like like Des said, you, you'd want to see like a one or two game sample size, and maybe him copper whack. And I, I don't think he's even done contact at training yet. So um, we, oh, I, I'm one of those people that sold Nico Hines last week, and I'm filthy because. He was killing it, but yeah, he was bleeding a little bit of cash. But he still, he'll still pump out a hundred or a hundred and twenty every week, I reckon. So if you kept him in the centre wing, you're going pretty well. I'm in the position where I don't really have a second fullback, so um, that puts me in a spot. I sort of sold sold Nico Hines and brought in Ruben Garrick because he was getting too expensive, and then he punched out a fifty, which um, is you know in previous years it's not too bad, but uh, it, <laughs> it looked pretty ordinary. Um, to be honest, but and it, it it looks an ordinary trade at the moment because Turbo, I doubt he backs up on a two day turnaround. I'm with you on that. So, um, yeah, I've sort of been chasing my ass all year. I think <laughs> tough times, mate. Spy on Pappenhausen. Funny we're talking about a bloke who's not actually playing this hasn't been even named to play this week, but he's a bloke you're super keen on for obvious reasons. He's 815k at the break even of 195. So we probably have do have the luxury of waiting for him to play one or two games, see how he goes back in contact, see how confident he feels following the head knocks. Um, where does it sit for you? I, I gather he's still probably your top pick, but you know, based on what Walsh has just said, saying he'd st- steer clear, will you be steering clear or will it be Pappy in? Pappy returns you straight into the spies side. Mate, he'll be coming back, that's for sure, but not without some risk. And the big risk for me is is as we discussed, and if he does cop another knock and it rocks him, then there's no way Melbourne are going to risk his long-term health, um, especially when they've got someone like Nico Hines. But even if they didn't have Nico Hines, they're not going to risk a young bloke like Pappenhausen. Um, so that's probably my concern, but it's it's like anyone that can potentially get injured. I'll bring him in with an eye at post-Penrith game. So he plays Penrith in, what's that, two or three weeks. So after that, he's hopefully dropped 100K or so. Uh, he then would need just to last five rounds for me. The run home's really good as well. Um, they've got Canberra, Gold Coast and Sharks, three of the last four. I still think he can be the best player in the game uh, if he's goal kicking, um, especially the way Melbourne are playing. I mean, I can't even imagine what he would have been would have done this year so far if he would have been healthy. Um, so for me, he's my number one by some stretch, providing he's kicking. If he's not kicking, he pulls back to the pack a bit, but I'm still happy to have him. Ponger, I really like. He's he's averaging 83 this year without the goal kicking, uh, but I feel like that can only go up uh, potentially there. Teddy, I really like as well, boys. If you own him, hold him for sure, I think, um, except for Pappenhaus if he comes back firing. Uh, Reese Walsh, I like, but again, that's more of a pod play. I don't hate it if he's gonna if he's gonna continue goal kicking. Keep an eye on him. Uh, and Gutho, I think, has to go. We'll talk about it more later. But Paramount have a very tough finish to the season. Um, but that's where I'm at at the moment with fullbacks, boys. Wells, what do you have boys, to say? Uh, while we're talking about Pappy, I've got to I've got to throw this one in there. For, yeah, uh, top sport for the sponsors. Um, 
it, at the start of the year in my top sport account, I had Pappenhausen top point scorer, which looked like an absolute lock, you know, until he got injured and he was a pan, he's paying 11 bucks um, into Alex Johnson top try scorer. And it was wow. 80, had 88 to one, had five bucks on it. So I was like, I was looking pretty good, and then because I think Johnson's about three tries ahead. So. Oh, you poor bugger! He would have he would have streeted them. Yeah, not to be. Mate, that is devastating. Uh, on that note, guys, we're pleased to welcome back Brett Oaten Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Brett provides legal advice to startups and creative businesses in media, entertainment, technology, and sport. Whether you need advice to get your business started or help it grow, Brett's team has advised leading entrepreneurs and creatives for more than twenty years. His clients include advertising agencies, music festivals, content creators, new media business, and stars of the stage and screen. Contact him through bredoten.com.au where you can see a list of his clients there and use a special discount code of SC Playbook for listeners. A legend of a bloke and a wonderful business. So if you are starting something up, jump onto that. Fellas, we feel like we've been here for ages already and I'm bloody loving it. But let's get stuck into the hot topics of the week. And the first one is David Fafida. And I'll throw to you, Desi, because my question is, He's bottomed out in price at about 670k. He's not getting any cheaper for us. I mean, he's a bit of a must-have this week in my eyes. You've just said you've got four trades left. Are you moving heaven and earth to get him in or, you know, how are you looking? Yeah, that is that is pretty much my only decision this week. I've, I mean, I've, I guess I've said all season that Fafita's one of those guys that you can't death ride. You just have to get him in as soon as possible. So I think even with four trades left, I, I think I'll have to use two of them. Um, to move him, ship him in this week. Um, I think it's a fairly good matchup for him, to be honest, against um, against the Eels. And Moses probably won't be playing. So he'll be running at a fresh halfback there. Um, I can see him going huge, to be honest. So, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably change my mind 20 times this week, but probably end up bringing him in. Yeah. I don't think anyone can make any serious case to not get him in this week. It's not as if he's 850K. He's that he's bottomed out. Uh, and I think he's a must-have in your team this week. Do what you can to get him into your side. For Tony Staggs is another one uh, named to play his second game of the season for the Broncos. Bit of sweet one there on, on old Tony. I absolutely love the bloke. But uh, for anyone who wasn't following last year, on my run into the final week of the season, had Tony. I think I was the only one in the top 15 or 20 super coaches to, to own Staggs. He was my big pod. was pretty confident going into the last round. And then, uh, unfortunately, he did that ACL about eight minutes into the first game of the week. It was a, it was a tough one. But enough out of that. To Tony Staggs, he came back last week and looked awesome. Played about 60-odd minutes there. I think they rested him a little bit in his first game back. Spy, is he worth the pod this season playing in a team like Brisbane who probably struggle for, for points and attacking opportunities? He looked bloody good last week. Mate, he's an absolute weapon, but I just don't think I could go near him given the lack of trades and just fresh off off that injury. Um, I mean, there's talk this week he may not even play because his hammies are still quite tight, so he could be a late withdrawal. So just based on that, I would be avoiding, uh, unless you've got a heap of trades, in which case, no worries, have a crack at him. But I just think, yeah, given that injury risk and history, plus how good a lot of our centres are, uh, I think he's probably an avoid for now unless he really kicks on. Yeah, I just think it's the, it's a year where, as Walsh touched on at the start of the show, about chasing these high upside guys, and, and you've got to be chasing outside backs uh, in, in good attacking teams who can rack up tries without doing much work as a result of the blokes on their inside. Uh, we look at what Alex Johnson's doing there this year. Uh, no disrespect to him, he's been unbelievable. He's one of the best finishers in the game, but... Uh, I just think you know you're targeting the guys in in the best teams unless they are a lot cheaper or at a discount for whatever reason. Whilst Payne Haas, he's been okay this season, averaging six four points per game, down on what he's done in previous seasons. Was awesome last week uh, for the Broncos or the round before, should I say, when the Broncos last played. Got his first major attack of the season with a try assist, line assist uh, for ninety points there. Matty Logical on from the club. He's played sixty four minutes his last two games. Do we now see that that's going to be his regular minutes going for the rest of the season? Uh, and where does he sit on, on your list of buyer priorities? Or is there a way of, you know, is he not quite a must-have? He's not for my team, but that's because I've got so many <laughs> issues to fix up. But, I mean, if, if your team was going pretty well, like the three of you boys are, I think Payne House is a bloke that you want to get in. I just don't think that 
you know, with limited trades left, unless some of you got sort of more than six or seven trades left, I don't think it's a bit of a luxury trade. Like um, it's exciting to see him playing that footy, you know, like, and the Bronx have some pretty decent matchups, you know, like if they can play like that every week. But uh, I'm not sold on the Bronx. I don't like I'm not sold that they've turned it around, but I certainly, you know, love Haas as a player and it opens up his game when he does that pre-line passes and, um, you know, even if he gets he gets his offload going, which, he, you know, he's capable of doing, but he he has sort of just played a pretty conservative game where he tucks it under the wing. But um, if Lodge leaving the club opens him up a bit, that's a good thing. Mm, it does, yeah. I mean, due to the no attacking stats, he had no big scores this season, but he only had one score under 50 all season uh, like this year, and that was against Melbourne where he scored 38. So... His base has still been awesome. His minutes are back up, but I'm with you. I think it's a luxury of, yeah, he very well may finish as the top scorer in front row forward to the season or at least on the run home. But, you know, he's not going to hurt you by not owning, owning him by punching out tons. Uh, so I don't think he's that vital. Whilst I'll throw to you again, because I, the other boys I know both own Jason Tamalolo. Did you jump on the Lolo train last week or not? No, I didn't. I actually looked at it very closely, but uh, oh, I made some shocking errors in the last minute. You know, when you're, uh, I was on the road. Actually, I was in Harvey Bay, great place, Harvey Bay, in Queensland. But uh, I was there for a touch footy carnival and sort of just wasn't paying attention. Looked at games late. You know, the four game weekend. Yeah, all excuses, boys. Anyway, but uh, I um I didn't jump on him, and then I seen him make that line break, and then they gave him the try assist. Does that try assist hold up? Yeah. Yeah, so you got the try assist for that. I don't know. I'm, I shake my head sometimes when a bloke, there's three passes after he's passed <laughs> it and he gets the try assist, but that's just me. But, uh, no, look, he, he's, a good, he's a good purchase. I mean, I think Peyton's in a position where he's got to play in minutes, but he's pretty stubborn, Toddy Peyton. He seems um, reluctant to give him those minutes. Like They go really good when he's on the park and then – um, you know, they just go to shit really, like when he's off. So um yeah, I'm not sure what he's what he's doing there. I, I don't think he'll he's a must have Lolo, like from a super coach point of view, but I think he's a handy pod, which is crazy to say about someone who's always been just a super coach stud. Spy, what are your what's your take on him? I'm intrigued because you we sort of, I think, feel like we, we talked you into getting him in last week a little bit when you were, you'd been pretty hesitant for a while. He obviously delivered with 87 points, played his 57 minutes, which is pretty decent, and he looked good. Um, like, hypothetically, if you're, well, let's, for non-owners out there, 484K, break even of 30, you know, he's certainly bottomed out. He's looking good. How important on the buy radar is he this week, do you think? I think he's a really nice purchase, mate. Probably around the pain Haas mould. I've got Haas in front of him just because I think he'll play bigger minutes. But you're right. The biggest thing on Tamalolo is he's starting to look good again. He's busting some tackles. He ran straight through South last week for that try assist of the weekend, dare I say it, Welsh. Um And I think he's looking pretty good. I'm just having a quick look at his run home. So Roosters don't worry me much. He does have Melbourne next weekend, which is always tricky. But then they've got Brisbane, Gold Coast, Tigers, Saints. Um, there's some good scores there in him. Uh, he's still playing the high 50s in the minutes. I had a quick look after the game, actually, and the Cowboys, in his 57 minutes on the paddock, they only lost the game by four points. So it'll be interesting to see if if Peyton does play in some bigger minutes. But as well said, he's quite stubborn, but... Yeah, I like Tamalolo. Not a must-have, but he's a good addition to any forward pack if you need him. Yeah. Desi, Tane Milne, uh, wish I followed my own advice. I actually had him traded into my team about a month ago as a pod cheapie, you know, aimed at the round 17 more than anything. Uh, ended up reversing, took him out. He busted out 131 points last week with a hatchet of tries when people needed him to do it most. He's now 379K with a break-even of negative 58. Mate, I think he's the third most traded in this week. I'm a little bit sceptical. What are your thoughts? You'd have to have a lot of trades, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you would. I'm also a bit sceptical. Um, he does have a good draw, though, obviously. I think it's Bulldogs, Warriors, Dragons, the next three games. But, yeah, I mean, we saw it We saw it last week with uh, people chasing points right after the, one of these center wings goes massive, uh, i.e. Jason Saab, and a lot of people brought him in, and he went absolutely terrible. 
the exact same thing can happen with uh, Tane Milne. Um, just looking at his scores here, he has a 14 in there against Newcastle. Um, so he's not sort of um, indestructible towards uh, getting bad scores. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably hold off on getting him, to be honest. Time's probably passed for cheapies. I don't mind it, boys, actually. Uh, with the Bulldogs coming up and the Warriors and Dragons, it's a lot of points he could score. Cody Walker went right a lot last weekend. Latrell will come back. He can play both sides. Um, he's far from a must-have, but I certainly don't mind it, especially if you need to free up cash for someone like Fafita or similar to that, but I don't mind him. Whilst Matty Burton is a guy that I still own, still owned by a fair few super coaches. I think uh, he's one of the most traded out players this week, despite the fact that he moves back to the halves where he put a ton on the Sharks only, what, two or three or three or four weeks ago. Um, I'm a little bit surprised people trading him out because I think while he's playing in the halves, he should continue to score well. And I've seen him being traded to anyone bar maybe Jerome Hughes as being pretty sideways at the moment. Like, Can you see the case to sell Matty Burton? Uh, another mistake from me last week, Timmy. I um, traded, <laughs> traded Burton to Nick Arima, who um, got seven, I think, and I actually captained Nick Arima, which cost me my two head-to-heads, which is basically all I'm playing for now. But uh, anyway, uh, we move on. But, yeah, Burton, I mean, he's a bit like Nico Hines, isn't he, really? Like, at the time when I was trading him, like, I shit you not, I actually was thinking in my head, oh, I'm going to trade him out because he's playing centre. I didn't even compute the fact that, you know, Luai's out, Cleary's out, he's playing in the halves. So I don't know how long Luai's out or Cleary, but, um, you know, maybe maybe you'll get two or three weeks there. And as a half or as a sort of 5'8", I mean, yeah, he's, he's as good a play as, you know, behind Cody Walker, maybe, maybe SJ, um, those sort of blokes, he's probably as good a player as you can get, so I wouldn't be trading him out. And I think a fair few people have because they saw the dollar signs and thought they were a chance of, um, you know, coming into him there. So I say he's a bit like Nico Hines. Like, hold him until um, he gets benched or put back to centres. What do you reckon, Spy? Mate, I'm very scared not to own him the next two weeks. Uh, with him in the halves, I'll be nervous every time he gets the ball because that left foot step is deadly. Yeah, I can't believe. I'm very surprised people are selling him. As I said, I think it's very sideways. Anyone you're selling him to, uh, I'm very excited to own him and play him the next few weeks at very least. Uh, Desi, Jason Saab did exactly as we anticipated without Tommy Chaboyevich in the side. What do you got, 12 or something points last week? His break even still pretty low. Break even of 19, about, what's he cost now? 500, 526K, break even of 18. My question is, do you hold him and, and play him for the odd matchup for the, for the good games on the run home, which is roughly about five of seven games, or do you look to move him on to someone like maybe David Nofaluma and make 150k to fund a Dave for feeder trade? Uh, yeah, I think if you were using it to fund someone like David for feeder, then it's definitely uh, worth the trade out. But I, I can see Saab still, he's still got a few big tons left in him if Turbo's uh, playing, so uh, there's no real rush to trade him out for a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, it obviously, it just depends on the scenario of your particular team, how many trades you have left. But I, I don't see any rush. Yeah, I, I agree on the fact if you want to fund him, uh, so if you need him to fund someone else, I don't hate it. But five of the last seven games after this week, once Turbo's back and definitely Cherry, I'd want to play sub. Uh, he really missed Cherry Evans last weekend as well. So I think he's a really nice hold um, if you already own him. Yeah, I was asking that because it's my exact scenario this week. I need him. I can go him to Nofaluma to fund going Harawira and Naira to Dave Fafita. Originally, it was going to be Toru Harris, although I was thinking about doing the CHN one anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure about it. Walsh, another opinion? Oh, I was just going to say on Nofo, um, you know, I've been out of the loop a bit, Timmy, but um, I, I'd be really reluctant to trade him in, mate. I think his spot in the side's a bit tenuous. I reckon he's um, a chance of getting dropped in the back half of the season. They're, they're imploding, the West Tigers. If they lose against the Broncos, um, you know, anything could happen. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, I de- I'm pretty sure they said he got dropped from the, the leadership group at the Tigers, which is a worry. It's just... 
statistically, I think he's still fantastic. I think he was averaging 64 points per game prior to that brutal month of game. So prior to them coming up in round 13 to 16 against the Panthers, Eels, Storm and Rabbitohs, where he averaged something like 32 points. He's averaging 64 a game, has a dream run home. Mamalo to the club puts him back on his preferred right edge. He just he looks like a terrific buy. And, and although it goes against what I said before about getting outside backs in pretty ordinary clubs, his numbers still read well to me. Spy, do you think there's a chance he gets dropped? And is there risk in that? Or what are your, what are your thoughts? Surely he's not the problem. With the um, obviously, it's all speculative. But I, my prediction is he won't get dropped. I think it might have been a kick up the bum. He apparently turned over, hung over after a wedding a few weeks back. And that was the result of losing the leadership position. So that's fair enough. I think the Tigers need him. I mean, on the field, he's one of their hardest workers. Uh, mm. He does. People say he gets caught out in the defence in defence as well, but I mean, he's often covering a three on two because they just don't cover from the inside. So I don't think it's necessarily his fault a lot of the time. Um, Dewey at five eight is good for him, I think, because although Dewey runs a lot, he also loves the cutout ball. So he'll either show and go or often throw a cut to Nofaluma. Uh, I think he'll be fired up from being dropped from the leadership group. They've signed him long-term, I believe. So for me, I, I'm lucky I already own him still, so I'm happy just to, to sit him there. But I quite like Nofaluma. That could backfire if the Tigers do implode. But their run home is seriously good. So, yeah, I think he could be a very sly little purchase for that amount of money. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Bit of food for thought there. Desi, the last one I'll end on on the hot topics. Uh, who We've spoken about plenty in depth, but... I wanted to bring him up again because I I brought him last week and I'm happy with him. It's Daniel Tupu, who's 441K. He only got 50 on the weekend against the Doggies, which was a bit disappointing in pretty wet conditions. But, mate, 34 of it was in base. The Roosters have a pretty good run home. They have a few tough games, but, I mean, while I'm happy to play him against tough games against Penrith and the Bunnies, you can sit in those games because we should have a stack of center wing guns for them anyway. Mate, I still think he's a superb buy at 440k. Yeah, for sure. You won't see Tupo cheaper than that. Um, and I think he's still only under 10% ownership, which is crazy. Um, he's one of the best base start accumulators in the center wing, which is uh, pretty important. But he also has that upside potential as well. He, he can go 100 plus. Um, if the Roosters get clicking and Teddy puts him over for a few, he could uh, shoot up into a lot of people's top four center wing, I think. Teddy's a massive inclusion, boys, for Tupo. Uh, once he comes back to that sweeping role in the Chooks, Tupo's such a good buy. I watched him really close last weekend, having picked him up. His work rate's amazing. All his runs are over eight metres. He tackle busts and offloads. Get on board. Yeah, I think he's great. Boys, let's jump on our anti-pod and our pod plays for the week. I'll start with you, Des. What did you come up with? Um... Actually, I was looking at antipods for a while, but none really were sticking out to me for the next sort of week or two. But um, obviously, you've got guys like Fafita, but you you just can't antipod some of these people because they just never never blank. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's very hard to bypass any of these really popular players. Um, but yeah, Payne Haas, I guess, is probably one that you could get away with, as Walsh was saying earlier. But I don't know why you'd bother trying to antipod Payne Haas when he's 450k and probably averages 70 plus till the end of the season. Um, but I guess for the pod play, I'll say someone like Stags. You guys were saying he probably are uh, not not going to score too many tries playing for the Broncos, but I think on the flip side, he's just got very low ownership and high upside uh, potential, and that's pretty much all that people are looking for. Uh, to sort of diversify their team. And the Broncos' draw isn't too bad to end the season, so I think he's a cheeky little pod. Yep. Uh, I will say on Stags, Tigers this week where he could obviously score really well, um, but I think it's worth seeing him get through this game unscathed. They then play the Panthers next week, which will, I mean, they're probably going to get belted. Following that, they go into a draw against the Cowboys in the night. So, I think the time to buy, he's got a break even at 53. He's 518K, so his price won't budge too much. I reckon it's worth giving it two weeks, see how he comes back properly, and then get him after that. But, yeah, certainly good any pod play. Uh, Whilst, what have you got? Uh, yeah, sorry, Timmy. Um, for any pod, I would probably, even though I've got him, um, and I, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but I would probably say Reuben Garrick. I think, like, at his price, 
you could probably sell him. And I know people would be worried that when Turbo comes back that he's going to score tries. But particularly if Turbo, if they do, you know, do the unthinkable and back up Turbo um, on a two-day turnaround, I would be thinking that could be the massive play, anti-potting Garrick because Turbo's every chance of getting injured. And I just hope that there's common sense that prevails there and they don't back him up. But that would probably be my anti-pod. I hope it doesn't come to that for um, Garrick and Turbo owners. But um, in terms of a pod, um, probably struggling a little bit. But um, I think I don't mind Ponga's run home So um, and, and Newcastle Knights. So maybe like, you know, someone playing outside him on the wing there. So um, I'm not sure whether that Dominic Young's going to hold his position or whether someone else has come in. But, um, you know, whoever's playing out on that left side outside him is probably a decent pot, I think. Jeez, it's a good spot to be that left wing at the night when Caelan Pong is fit and firing uh, and make music to my ears hearing you say that about Ruben Garrick as a non-owner. Spite, what have you got? On the flip side, whilst uh, Garrick could score 150 this weekend outside Turbo or at fullback, but I see what you're saying, mate, so we'll see how he goes there. Uh, my pod boys, already been discussed, but Adam Dewey, very, very keen on him, especially if you've got someone like Connor Watson at 5'8", or maybe even Sean Johnson. I mean, he didn't goal kick on the weekend. Does he get it back? He's not as quick as he used to be, and he really uses that goal kicking to prop himself up score-wise. Uh, I like Dewey a lot. I also like Sam Walker a lot. There's obvious risk there of getting rested, but you should have the depth to cover him now. He played so well on the weekend in the rain. Um, they've got some nice games coming up. Teddy will be back to take a bit of pressure off him. I think they're both really nice plays, but Dewey's my big one of the week for sure. Anti-pod-wise, I've just written down Parramatta players. Um, they've just got a really tough run home, so the likes of Gutherson and Reed Marnie might not get the attacking stats that they have earlier in the season. Whether that impacts um, Big Papalihi, I don't know. I mean, he, he just scored 122 against Penrith, so he's probably too good to, to leave out there, but certainly attacking guys at Para are my anti-pods of the play. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Wells? Oh, I was just going to say, Spoy, I think um, the biggest thing coming into the rest of the season, well, it could be the rest of the season, could be a month, but, I mean, certainly looking at, um, you know, the next month, which is close to the rest of the, you know, regular season, um, is they're going to be playing on fast, dry tracks predominantly. You know, they're going to be playing at, um, well, apart from the games that are at Melbourne, I think they still keep their home games at Melbourne, but they're either playing um, up north, um, at, at the Cowboys Stadium or they're playing at the Gold Coast Stadium or Suncorp. So um, that's got to change the, the scoring a bit, you know, whereas at night in Sydney it's usually dewy, it's wet. Um, those sides that can open up a bit, it does favour a side like Manly sort of going against what I said before. But I thought Manly really struggled last week, not only because they were missing Turbo, but because they'd played a string of games where, it had been really open and they'd shifted the ball and they tried to do similar and you saw a couple of times Saab ran out and or ran himself into trouble and then and that type of thing. But, you know, you get onto a dry track in, in Queensland and you get to play that type of footy for three or four weeks in a row could really suit those um, fast track teams. Yeah, terrific point. Off, I'm glad you brought that off. up. I touched on in the, the squad breakdown today, but... It is, and and those ceilings of players are going to be even higher, I think, just because, I mean, we've seen what people have done at Suncorp in the past, even before the new rule change and that. The point scoring there is massive. Suncorp will get a heap of games. Uh, They get plenty on the Gold Coast, I'm sure, and then, as you said, QCB up in Townsville as well. So, you know, worth noting for sure. Uh, My pod of the week, Cameron Munster. I know he hasn't been uh, massive this season, but... He's hardly had any low scores at all. He's just ticking along, averaging well. Um, hopefully he comes out of origin, fired up, fit and ready to go for a big run home with Melbourne. Owned by 6% of the top 100 ranked Supercoach sides, 5% of the top 1,000. I think he's a massive player at 5'8", uh, along with Adam Dewey, who the spy mentioned there before. Uh, and another one who I've dwelled on a little bit too much about, but I think Dane Gagai is still a great buy at really, really low ownership. My antipod of the week is, well, it was to hold Torhu Harris. That was before the news came out today that he was actually named on the extended bench. 
uh, I thought with everyone selling off, I think it was going to be a good player to hold anyway. Uh, of course, you're going to do it now. On to the top sport punting plays of the week last week. Uh, Spy, yourself and I, no dice at all there. I think we both went all in on the Bulldogs and Roosters game, which didn't pan out. Adam Darussi was on and nailed it. He went in the Raiders with the 13.5 start. So he was covered there by about 30 points. Uh, and then he also had the Bunnies to cover their line as well. So he had a nice little payout. I think that paid about 360 to 4 bucks somewhere. So a nice one from Ads, who was big last week. Leaderboard, I'm 125 up. Spies up $20.50. Desi's down $11. No, negative $1. Desi, get yourself back into the black this week. Uh, if you want to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you're joining up, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus gamble responsibly. Uh, just quickly on the same game multis, which I've, I've spoken up about how they, they offer the best same game multi odds there. I tested it out last week on a Bunnies anytime uh, try score a multi, paying 687 on Top Sport, paying $5 on Sports Bet, which is a pretty serious difference for an identical bet. So check that out if you're keen. Desi, fire us away, mate. Start us off. What's your bet for the week? Yeah, I mean, I, I just tried to go as safe as possible here. I think Melbourne to cover the 19-and-a-half line against the Knights. Um, and then you could throw in Nico Hines and Jerome Hughes, anytime try scorers. Very nice. A uh, little handy three-legger there. That's right, mate. Get yourself back in the positive. Spy, what do you come up with? Yeah, boys, I've gone this weekend, the Tigers, to beat Brisbane. They're paying $2.25, which is really, really good odds. Um into South to cover the line. But what I'll mention is the lines tend to tend to get longer and longer as we get closer to the weekend, so I want my line taken from tonight. Thanks there, boss. That's right, mate. We can sort that for you. Uh, whilst for yourself, mate, this will be your, your first crack at your, your punting place for a while. Uh, I'm assuming you're just going to go the Warriors to go, what, 30-plus against the Panthers? <laughs> so you're not far off it, actually. <laughs> I've got two bets, <laughs> I've been out of it for that long. Surely I get two bets. Okay, so my first one um, is Isaiah Papali'i, first try scorer. I like that a lot, okay, in the uh, 6 o'clock game Friday. You don't have to wait long for that one. These could both be gone by 8 o'clock. Oh, actually, yeah, by 8 o'clock on Friday night. So, um, you know, have some money in spare. Don't don't put all your money on it. Uh, So the other one is... Isaiah Papali, anytime try scorer. So I'm sort of doubling up on him, but I'm backing him to score a try at some stage. If he gets it first try, um, that's good. But I'm going anytime try scorer um, into the Warriors to win, and that that'll pay about eleven fifty. I don't know. There's no there's no odds up on the try scorers at the moment. And top sport, they might be waiting for the Origin um, aftermath, or they might come out later tonight. I'm not sure, but I've just sort of based that on a on a rival's price, but, um, yeah, the more we put on, the more you get back. Mate, death, taxes, and whilst going all in on the Warriors, there's three certainties in one. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it was coming. <laughs> no, I'm, all, I'm all for it, mate. I'll back you any day. Um, I'm doubling up on last week's bet. Speaking of going all in, I'm doing the exact same as last week. Roosters, same game, multi, uh, in their game there. I'm going there 13+. plus. I think the line at the moment is only nine and a half, which – I didn't think it was much with Tedesco back, uh, Victor Radley back last week, obviously. I think they can put a score on there. So Roosters 13 plus, two poo to score, Ikevali to score will pay about six bucks. So load up on that one. Uh, boys, our trades and skippers for the week. It's a tough week for skippers this week, I think. You know what I mean? Unless Tommy Chaboyevic backs up from Origin, which will change everything. Um, Spy, start us off. What are your trades? Who are your skippers? Mate, this could change hugely because it's so tight this weekend, which is exciting. At the moment, I'm going to have a look at VCing Sammy Walker against the Cowboys into skipper Cody Walker. Obviously, Turbo could change things, and I'm half tempted just to go Sammy Walker as skipper, but we'll see how bold I'm feeling come the weekend, lads. Jeez, that'd be huge. Uh, Desi, you mentioned before you're running low on trades. Do you think you're going to bite the bullet and uh, bring in Fifi and, and get the under three or even two? And I'll probably the other question, do you have the money to fund a straight for feeder trade or would you have to burn two? Uh, well, I could sell Nico Hines, but uh, that was always the plan to sell Nico Hines and get for feeder straight in. But yeah, now now that Hines looks like a hold, it's it's definitely made it. So I have to use uh, burn two to get him in, which I think I probably will because I've just, <laughs> you've got to live live by what you say. And I've said for feeders 
a must-have all season. You've you got to get him in at all costs, so that's probably what I'll do, and I'll probably roll with two trades for the last eight weeks. Bloody hell. That, like, the most Desi Creek call of all time. Just just going hard or going home, live or die by the sword, mate. That's why we love you. <laughs> well, that's what, it. What are you um, doing, Oh, you're skipping. Well, for, yeah, for skippers, I was going to go VC Hines and uh, Captain on Cody. Yeah, nice, mate. What are you doing, Wells? Oh, I'm in the same position as Desi. I'm down to my last four, so um, I'll probably be trying to hold on to my trades because, yeah, I just got too many problems. I'll just play the best team that I can. In terms of skipper, I am very seriously considering straight C on Isaiah Papalihi. I'm very high on him playing against the Gold Coast. I don't know which side he's running at, but whoever he's running at, he's going to run over the top of them, Fogarty or Ash Taylor. Um, or even if they bring in another scrubber to play in the halves, I think he'll still run over him. He's running over everyone at the moment. So um, I like him maybe to get a double. Um, and if I don't do that, I'll probably VC him and then Captain Cody Walker. But that's probably a bit vanilla for someone in my position. I've got to go out out on a limb a bit, I think. Yeah, no, that's what, mate. I love the Papali you call it. Um, you're right. Like the edges of the Titans are so fragile, so you could absolutely obliterate them there. There's not a lot of size out there, so don't hate it at all. End would be a massive option. Uh, I'm going. Fafita will be coming into my side. I can do it. The Torhu news has changed my plans a fair bit, along with the Nico Hines. I think uh, I was with Desi, and I think a lot of us were in the same boat where we were banking on Nico providing a bank for us by going him down to a sort of four or five hundred k centre wing. Uh, I mean, obviously you're not trading him at the moment, so I think that's changed a few plans. So it'd be David Fafita in for any of Jaden Braley or CHN, probably CHN, uh, and then to fund it, I might need to go something like Saab down to Nofa, but. Uh, I'm just going to have a play in and see if there's any other ways to finance that one. VC will be James Tedesco. C will be Cody Walker, who I think could obliterate the doggies up there. Hopefully it's dry weather up in Queensland and wherever their games land on, I think it might be the Gold Coast. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Boys, let's look into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up for this week's podcast. First question from D. Are you better off having spots 14 to 17, also known as your bench, at centre wing rather than second row forward? Upside seems there with rules at the moment. Centre wing and halves over other spots. He's obviously saying that you're probably going to have a fullback as number one. Um, So a bit more concise. Desi, I think what he's asking is, have the times changed enough that, you know, your last probably two or three bench spots have to be sort of centre wings over your second rollers or front rollers right into West degree hooker, I suppose? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in years previous, you'd always have your hooker, um, your hooker, your fullback, and probably two second rollers even uh, as your four bench spots. Mm. But now it seems like you have to have minimum one centre wing. You could probably roll two on the bench now. Uh, but yeah, obviously there's upside in the halves as well this season. We've seen they also have the ability to go 150 plus, as do a lot of the center wing. So yeah, that that's definitely changed. The meta's changed to going for high upside. Well, that's it, mate. It, it's it's not only like in the past where your 150 plus guys that could really turn the tables were fullbacks and probably to a little bit less well halves as well, I suppose. Center wings can do that easily now, which we're seeing. So. We dwell on about on this podcast about how you've just got to chase the ceilings. If you're serious about getting overall glory and winning the overall title, you have to be nailing these big scores, and the centre wings are doing it. So, um, I mean, I'm in a boat this year. I'll be playing at least one or two of my centre wings on the bench over guys maybe like Jason Taumalolo and Harawira Naira. So, um, yeah, look, that's the way it's looking based on the matchups being all right for your players. Uh, question spy for Luke Armour. And it's a good one. He says, bite the bullet on Brandon Smith if Harry Grant is not named. Obviously, this came in earlier. Harry Grant wasn't named. So two parts to that. How big a buy is Brandon Smith? There's not really any hookers standing out this season. Um, as Walsh touched on, Brandon Smith's still not that heavily owned. So, you know, he's not a, a pod as such, but there's a lot that still don't own him. Um, how do we think Harry Grant's return probably next week or the week after impacts Brandon Smith? And is he a guy you're eyeing off, or have you just said, no, nah, can't afford yard, not happening? Uh, he's definitely a good buy. 
There's no doubt about that. The issue is he keeps scoring right, but he's due to score two or three one day, which is going to hurt non-owners. Um, Harry Grant returning probably next week, though, from what we're hearing, or or very soon. It has to put a dent in him just because Harry, sorry, Brandon Smith scores a lot of those tries from tight in at hooker. He gets a quick play of the ball, and he goes, see you later, you can't stop me from here. Whereas mm. if you're sitting in the back row, you're relying on receiving that pass from the dummy half. You can still got him in him, but I think he's more dangerous at hooker, and his minutes have probably been enhanced a little bit. I'm personally happy to anti-pot him, or not happy to, but just hope he can regress a little bit. Um, but he's a good purchase nonetheless. I think he'll be rock solid to the end of the year with upside, so I couldn't talk you out of it if you want him, mate. Yeah. Desi, one from Ryan Evanson. Is Papali'i, Isaiah Papali'i, worth two trades? So he'd have to downgrade Fisher-Harris and then upgrade Matty Lodge. Would be the only nuff in my squad. So I assume you're saying he'd have to yeah, enough one of them too, and then get in Papali'i. So we've heard what Walsh had to say. I mean, you know, with trades at a, at a bit of a premium at the moment, we're running low. How essential is Papali'i to get into your team? Uh, well, I guess it depends where you're ranked. Everyone's sort of got him uh, above you. Then there's probably no point really getting him if you're trying to chase ranks. Uh, but yeah, in saying that, he is averaging 85, and he's I think he's only currently 660k or something like that, which is pretty cheap. I, I don't see him really fluctuating too much in price. So, I mean, there's there's no real need to get him in. Um, but yeah, I, I can see why you would want to because he's probably going to be the high scorer in that position. But I can see why you also wouldn't want to. Walls one from Matty Broom trade out. Which one of these guys trade out for Dave Fafita? CHN, Torhu, Barnett, or Maddo? Oh, that one's pretty easy for me. I'd probably say Maddo or Barnett. I mean, Barnett's named at lock as well, so his numbers tend to go down at lock um, where he's played second row. So, I mean, just pick your poison. I don't think either Barnett or Maddo were in for really big finishes to the year. Um, so just choose whichever one you like the most and keep them and trade the other one out for Fafita. Or it might be a cash issue, but whatever you do, get Fafita in. Yeah. Um, with, I think the Frizzell news that he came back, moving Barnett to lock, probably would put Barnett at the front of that one for me. Desi, one from Max Bryden. What is the tipping point for trading Hines? <clears throat> so uh, a lot of people are, were expecting Pappenhausen back pretty soon. Um where we just spoke about how Nico Hines was a lot of people's avenue to a lot of cash to free up money for, you know, Dave Fafita, whoever else you need in your team. Without that, people are struggling, probably struggling a little bit to free up this cash. At what point do you trade out Hines? Uh, I mean, is it literally a case of next week, Pappenthausen back, is back, Hines gets named on the bench, boom, gone? Or, or what is it for you? Yeah, I think that's the that's the tipping point for sure. You, you nailed it. Uh, as soon as Heinz is named on the bench, uh, he, he's a sell. It's, it's that simple. Um, if he retains the goal kicking, however, and stays in that Melbourne team, I just don't think you can sell him. So there's, there's, I guess the, yeah, the only real tipping point is if he's not starting and doesn't have the goal kicking. Yeah, I, I'm with you, mate. I think you've just, you've just got to hold on to him until he's definitely off the bench because. Imagine if he played the rest of the season, the last, what, seven, eight weeks, whatever there is, and started every game, He'll be, and you traded him as an elite centre wing. Like, if Pappenhausen got a head knock and, and he um, Hines went back to fullback, people would have to trade him back in. Like, he'd be a must-have, and then you'd be earning two trades on a bloke you already had. That oh, It's just, I think, yeah, until he's benched, just hold on to that bloke. Spire, we'll finish up on the last one from Julian Aguilera. Um, CHN to Cam Murray uh, then goes on to ask about Stags who we've spoken about but Cam Murray's an interesting one because back row is going okay without being great uh, is Cam Murray a sneaky pod for the run home? Firstly this is pretty amazing I actually know Jules uh, and I haven't told you that in the lead up so that's pretty freaky uh-huh. um, good question <laughs> Jules for, for me um, Murray's not a buy this weekend post origin um, but I do like him as a sneaky pod for the run home. So maybe give it a week, see how they're looking. I wouldn't do it if you're really short on trades, but if you've got a little trade to spare and you want to have a crack at someone, yeah, I don't mind Murray as a little goer. Oh, we all know I'm a Cam Murray fanboy, and I loved getting back into my team for the run home. Not this week after Origin, might play a few limited minutes, but gee, he's tempting um, in coming weeks as well. 
Boys, another big show. Thanks all for coming on. Desi, I uh, hope you continue to charge this weekend, mate. Yeah, you too, boys. Hopefully uh, we can all see some green arrows. Cheers, mate. Spy, I hope you, uh, you've come to terms with your last weekend's mistake and you can get over that for the sake of your family. Mate, pump for Origin and footy. I'm going to have a huge week this weekend for redemption. Watch out, everyone. Cheers, boys. Whilst the people asked, they got you back on the show. They're very happy about it, I'm sure. Uh, we hope to have you again soon. Cheers, Timmy. Des, boy. Uh, great great to be on, boys. Um, hopefully I can uh, back it up next week. Nice, mate. All right. Cheers for tuning in, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 